Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, Marcus and I sat down with the intention of talking about a lot of different things, but we ended up getting carried away with the recent UFC event. If you watched it, you knew it was, uh, or you know, it was an absolute banger. If you didn't, I highly recommend you uh, go and watch the clips because it was really exciting. Some of probably the best card we've seen in the last few years, if not ever in the UFC. It was just stacked from top to bottom. As always, make sure you check us out on hybridstrengthcoach.com. We have every program from Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, CrossFit to general fitness, general athletics, you know, everything in between. So definitely check us out. Check the seven day free box at checkout to try us out uh, with no obligation. You can do any or all of our programs seven days free just by checking that box. Also, while you're at it, tag us, post uh, a screenshot of you listening to the episode uh, on social media, and you'll automatically be entered to win some hybrid legacy brand apparel. Sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Before we get into the episode, just want to give a quick shout out to Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. They are a sponsor of ours and we took them on because we talk a lot about testosterone, hormone replacement therapy, PED use, all that stuff. And because of that, you know, while we have opinions on that, we are not professionals in that space. If you have questions about whether you're a good candidate for that or not, these are the people that can help you with that. And Marcus, I know that you have been a customer of theirs for, you know, quite some time. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I I was going through the same thought process years ago and I had a lot of questions about, you know, the, the state of my blood work, uh, my testosterone levels. And as a performance athlete, it was always a question that I had in the back of my mind. Guys, please don't go to your local gym bro or guy on Instagram to get these questions answered for you. Women Rejuvenation Clinic provides solid medical advice. They read your blood work, they go to the results with you and they give you actionable and realistic steps for dealing with potential medical problems and not bullshit. This is for actual medical advice. So please, you know, if you have questions on this stuff, let them take your blood panels and give them a chance, give them a consult. And I promise you, they'll, they'll treat you right. I know they've done that for me over the years and I can only speak positively about my experience and the type of advice they've given me. Check them out in the show notes. They provide comprehensive assessments over telehealth. Now onto the show. But. Slovakia, I got Catherine and I went there a couple of years ago, just driving through it on our way back from Prague and like didn't love it. The food was like, at least where we stopped off, it was like, uh, I could avoid this. Uh, what about it? It was just not great food. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not all, also not a huge fan of German food. Like, I love going to Germany, but I don't really love German food because it's not, it's just, it's pretty heavy and there's a lot of pork and. Yeah. Like it's good, but it's not good in big quantities because it's just like not, and it's they're just not like the best culinary scene. I think. What's the best culinary scene you've seen personally? Mm. I mean, I think Italy number one. Turkish food, I think, would be. I number thought two. I was going to think you were going to say Italy is number one. No, I think Italy's number one. Italy's the best because you know you know it's weird, right? Like living in Miami, I've gotten such a warped perspective on like going out to eat because if you go out to eat here with two people, you know you're dropping. If you go out to like a decent place, you're dropping two hundred bucks. Sure, you know, least, like yeah. you start drinking, like forget it. Yeah, but it, like in Europe, you know, like I was in Lake Como this summer, and you know you could go. You can go sit by a lake and have a great meal and you spend 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy how different. I know Miami's now become one of the most expensive cities in the country. It's It was, has actually now been rated the least affordable city in 
the entire United Isn't States. Isn't that crazy? I believe it. No, I believe well, it. It's just wild because, you know, think about it five years ago when, you know, we were just, you know, just like a normal place. And now Miami's become this international scene. But with that, mm -hmm. obviously COVID and inflation that's happened, like now it's, you really notice it when you go out to eat here, you know? Not like I'm being nitpicky when I go out to eat, but it's like, damn, you got to really think twice. Like, am I going to go out and have like a normal like a nice meal multiple times a week you're gonna go out maybe you know once a week and try and go out on like a little date night or something because the it turns out to be a big bill <clears throat> oh for sure i mean it depends too right because there's kind of two cultures of dining in miami right yeah. the ones that are instagrammable that oh, yeah. everybody goes out to the ones that people know and hear about and if like if you asked if you ask somebody or most people from miami because if you ask me i'm going to give you both of those different yeah, yeah. avenues but if you ask a lot of people they're gonna say go to like gecko or sugar or yeah. you know some places that are really or new surat places that are really expensive but i think the hidden great food scene that is affordable in miami and that is not talked about is actually much better than oh, those yeah. hype places like, i agree like one of our favorite places uh katana oh yeah it, the the shtick is they treat you terribly the ambiance is awful <laughs> the wait time is horrendous but it's all part like you know what you're going for yeah it's like the soup nazi yeah and uh well in all right well now it's gotten a, it's a little bit better because because they send you over to the dive bar next door so you're now not there's a cigar bar next door Oh, well, that's, that's that's a game changer. Well, so now there's a guy that opened up a, this place called Black Cat Cigar right next oh, to it. Did He's mention super this. cool dude. So every time we've gone and we've gotten on a wait, we're just like, all right, we're going to go smoke cigars. Well, I haven't been recently. I know. Well, we, got, we have is, to go to the cigar bar for sure. The only thing is I feel like uh, cigars are kind of like an after meal thing. Oh, I've been pioneering the pre-meal pre cigar. cigar. You know, so like every time we go now, we go at 530, we wait in the line. So we know we're getting in at six and I'll go grab a cigar and I'll just, I'll just, man, there was, it was so funny because the last time we did that, we were in line. I brought, I actually brought a cigar to smoke in line and <laughs> there was this group of like LA, like super crunchy folks. Super right crunchy? Crunchy. What's just that mean? Like they just, like just, I'm not going to say it, but they were put they, off by. They were so put on. They were just like. They saw the cigar bar and I heard because Catherine told me I went into the cigar bar to go like the guy's name's Gus. I was talking to Gus for a bit, smoking a cigar with him. We're just bullshitting. And then she yeah. texted me. She's like, these people in front of us are such dorks. They're fucking like, I hate cigar smoke. I can't believe there's people smoking cigars here, blah, blah, blah. blah. So I saw that text message and this was hilarious. Credit to her. She pulled a gangster move there. I went I went in. I, I saw the text message. Just I came outside, started smoking it on purpose. <laughs> and then she she's like, I wanna go. And she's like, she had this, she's just like, just had this idea. She's like, I'm gonna go inside. So she goes into the cigar bar, tells Gus what they were talking about, the owner. So he just comes out like two minutes later. He's like, you know, I just want to come out here and smoke a cigar with you. Just because Catherine told him it would piss off the people in front of us. <laughs> it's like when there's no are there rules in miami for like how close you're allowed to smoke in general because yeah. like in uh cigarettes may i mean you could smoke outside in in uh toronto 
they have a rule. I think it's you, you have to be three meters from the entrance of anywhere because they don't want people to like have to walk through your mm. smoke to like get in. No, I don't know. I know that you can stand outside the cigar bar and smoke a cigar, which is what yeah. I was doing. I was in line for sushi and I just happened to want to smoke <clears throat> a cigar. And, yeah. You know, I'm, and you know what? It's just another thing. People, I think Miami gets a bad rap for people being rude. Because I would say people are not rude in Miami. People are just not friendly, which is different. But like if you go to a, like, for example, those people were like muttering to themselves under their breath about how they didn't like the cigar smoke. Mm -hmm. But in Toronto, where there's no like fear of people shooting you, <laughs> like people are way braver and, and more aggressive with that stuff. You're not going to have people get in your face about doing that in Miami. No. Whereas in Toronto, they'll do that. Yeah, that's fair. I guess that is this. There's like an intangible because I'd say there's a similarity between the attitudes of people here and in New York. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of crossover too. a lot of people own properties in both places or people from New York during COVID moved down here. I feel like the cultures are actually pretty similar. Yeah. And both East, both East Coast. Sure. Uh, you know. Yeah. Spots. I mean, there's, just because people aren't friendly doesn't mean they're being rude to you either. You know, there's a bit of a difference there. Yeah. Well, and I think also people say Canadians are super nice, and I don't think that's true. I think Canadians are, are polite. Very polite. Polite and formal. I don't know any Canadians personally that are like overly nice. Every Canadian I know is like polite, but not very nice. Well, there's also like an interesting um, like honor culture in Canada. Mm, that's really what's interesting. That? Well, let's use a good friend of ours as an example like Jordan, mm. very, very honor oriented. Yes. Right. Like he really considers and cares about the underlying meaning of people's actions. And when he believes them to not be friendly or authentic, has a real problem with it. And he's not afraid to voice his opinion about that mm -hmm. to them. <laughs> well, yeah. You know? It's like, that's something that is very prevalent in Canadian culture. Mm. Whereas I think here people are more likely to be upset with you and then walk away from the situation and be like, wow, that guy was such a dick, but you know, it's not going to like come to a head. Whereas yeah. Which I think is interesting. Cause for me, like I grew up here, I grew up in the South for a lot of my childhood, like North Florida, and, you know, but I was really like, my roots are here in Miami. So I have a weird perspective on that. And I've kind of, I've seen, I've used him as kind of like a barometer, like seeing what he thinks about people. Cause we've had a lot of the same friends and yeah, it's interesting. Like when he has a perspective, because I'll just gloss. He's almost stuff. always right. He's almost always right. And then I'll like, cause now, so now I'll pay attention a lot more, be like, mm -hmm. all right. So like, what's your take on this, this person or this situation or this thing. And, you know, I've, it's cool to have people that you can like trust their perspective on things like several of our friends I can kind of go to now and it's <laughs> what three three people so it's like you and two others Jordan included mm -hmm. and it's like what what do you think about this situation the set of actions or this thing and like it's cool when you have a group of people where you can kind of bounce and you trust them right you bounce mm -hmm. like a perspective off them like all right because like I know that you and I are gone through some weird shit in the last year it's like all right well what do you think about this situation how would you respond or how would you uh 
what would you do if you were in my shoes? Because I'm I'm the type of person I've always like looked to other people, not just to like I'm not going to like listen to what anybody says point blank, but I like to bounce stuff off other people because like I like others perspective and then I can formulate my own opinions. That's the interesting thing also about women, right? Because women have a different perspective on a lot of things and they can sense things much differently than guys can. Mm -hmm. So to have a woman you trust, like a partner you trust is also really helpful because you can. Oh, I tell V that all the time because a lot of times my initial reaction is not not hostile, but I will not give people the benefit of the doubt or I won't give them much grace in terms yeah, sure. of, you know, I think you did something that was disrespectful and I'm going to take that as you did it intentionally and you had bad, you know, bad intentions and then I'll talk to her and she'll give me a different perspective and I'll be like, okay, all right, maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking too deeply into it or maybe I'm, yeah. you know. Not well, maybe there's always a, I think there's something to be said for valuing people that you trust's opinions. Um, and it's important in life to have a group of people that you can sit and you're like, all right, this is a situation I'm going through. I'm just gonna talk about it out loud. Maybe, maybe that other person will then have a perspective that you didn't have. Or that person has a point of view that could influence the way you're reacting to it, good or bad. Because if you're naively like okay with the situation, somebody mm -hmm. slighted you, or there's like something you should be cautious of, and you run it by people, you're like, oh well, maybe I need to have my ears perked up a little bit. I should pay attention to this in a different way than maybe I wasn't before. Yeah. Well, and what what I find actually very comforting about our friend group is all of us came from very very different backgrounds. Right. Yeah. You know, like you growing up in Miami, John growing up basically being Florida man, wrestling gators or whatever they, they did there. Uh, Russians. <laughs> uh, you know, Jordan coming from a border town in yeah. Canada, you know. Like tough, tougher, tough, tougher environment. No, Windsor is a tough ass town, you know, yeah. and then me growing up in a metropolis, you know, right. biggest city in Canada, you know, all, all very different influences growing up so when when our group does unanimously agree on something mm. i'm like we've kind of covered all the bases here we've come at it yeah. from all angles i feel confident that if if we're all in agreement here that i'm probably making the, the right decision or I, sure. my opinion is is validated yeah and i mean i think as we grow up probably encounter less of those situations but it's amazing to like get people's perspectives on things that well, even on things that are not uh negative I, i'm not saying even yeah yeah just in general just in general sure. yeah wild it's yeah. good stuff to have it's really important you know as you get older usually like i've seen at least with my friends you guys you know, you, the circle gets a little bit smaller you know mm -hmm. you trust people a little bit more after going through multitudes of events and stuff like that and you kind of trust people's perspectives a little bit more you know because it kind of prove over time like all right well maybe i can I'll take this now. I can I can go to the group, go to the little tribe, and be like, "Guys, what do you think about this thing?" You know, because like I just had to do that pretty recently. Like, you know, what would you do in this situation? Mm. It was a big thing, and you know, did we all uh, give you the same? Advice? Uh, yeah, it was actually it was pretty pretty similar across the board, and uh, it helped inform you know how I reacted to it, which was good because you know it saved me agony you know, agonizing over like, well, what the fuck do you do here? You know, it's like, okay, well, here's a pretty reasonable way to approach the problem. Hopefully that works. 
you know, it turned out to be. And it did. Yeah, yeah, no, it turned That's out good. to be fine. So, and we're here now. Yeah. Welcome home, bro. Oh, thank you. Hayden, thank you. Hayden's been on uh, vacation the whole summer in Canada. I've been globetrotting. I've been around. Yeah, we've all um, been globetrotting. We've been back. Now we're back. That's right. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, like everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's nice to be back other than the weather. Ah, uh, dude, brutal right now. This is, uh, guys, bad time to visit Miami. Don't yeah. come. Actually, it's probably best you stay out indefinitely. Miami's full. Yeah, especially. It's going to be very hot for the next Also, if you're from New York years. and California, just stay out indefinitely. But, <laughs> yeah. The houses are already, there's no homes. There's no homes here. <laughs> Nothing's, <laughs> nothing for rent. In all of Tuscany? Ah, nothing. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's been good. Travel's been good. Been good seeing family and all that stuff. You've done some travel with family. Yeah, nice. I'm wrapped up until November, and then when are you doing that around the world trip again? I'm doing that in November, here, Dubai, Tokyo, Osaka, Seoul, Singapore. And then we're taking the world's longest flight home. Oh, uh, have you not been to any of those places? I haven't been to Singapore, and I haven't been to Seoul. So now I'm gonna go. I've been to North Korea. I'm gonna go to South Korea now, which is gonna be really cool. It's wild that you've been in North Korea, period. I know. Let alone before South Korea. <laughs> I know. But um, did you see Singapore? I think it was Singapore just had their first hanging in. Really? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, in like, George, can you pull that up? What was it for? Uh, I can't remember, but it's been, it's, people were like, it's been fir first hanging in 19 years or something. And I'm like, only 19? They like, seem pretty strict. Executes woman for first oh, yeah, time in twenty. Wait, in that, was, 20 oh, that was five days ago. Wow. Yep. What what they what hang for? Drug trafficking. Knew it. We'll go back. Go up to the top there, or right there, right there. Uh, Forty-five was hanged Friday Damn. after being convicted in two thousand eighteen of possession wow. of not less than thirty point seven two grams of heroin. Is that a lot? I don't know what that means for heroin. I guess you probably just can't well, what's, really have any of it. I mean, that's not a lot. Well, Says something about gummies. Go back up a little bit there, George. Uh, oh, no, that was grams. Yeah. Spelled wow. the British way. You know yeah. what? I got to say, as much as the death penalty is hotly contested, I think there's something to be said as a society. If you set a, a, a rule that no matter what, if you do something that is egregious, according to the morality of our country, you're going to suffer a very serious consequence. So now, you know, mm. if I go there, well, I, I fuck better not bring anything that could be considered illicit. So like, imagine you applied that toward here, a hot topic recently that came out. And I hate to say this, even a hot topic recently, cause that's a pretty big deal, but like child sex trafficking and mm -hmm. everything that goes along with that. But, you know, imagine if there was like an immediate, if you imagine, imagine a country, like if the United States implemented a law that said, if you are found in possession of child porn, or if you're found sex trafficking, anybody, children, adults, death penalty, like, do you think that there would be a pretty big disincentive for that to happen? You know, it's actually really interesting. Now that you brought that up, mm. they have actually done numerous studies on the death penalty as a disincentive. And it's proven to be ineffective. Really? Mm -hmm. oh, punishment in general. Severity of crime doesn't have a direct correlation with the uh, frequency of that crime. That's interesting. Because most people commit crimes 
under the assumption that they're not going to be caught for them, right? Nobody is. Because you don't have a ra- if you have a country of rational actors. Like if you have a group of rational actors, then a severe disincentive would probably be enough. But there, there are certain people who huh. you know would be like, well, okay, you killed my friend, and I'm going to kill you regardless of the consequences, right? But and I'm, I'm I know I'm probably going to go to jail, but I'm willing to take that. But that's the minority. Like when you look at most people who are committing murders and trying to cover them up and doing things like that. Even things that have, you know, the, even in states that have the death penalty, it's it's not a huge disincentive because people are not doing that being like, I'm going to get executed if I do this. They think yeah. they're just going to get away with I guess it and move on with I'm just life. thinking about it from like such a theoretical point of view that like if you have an entire well, country I, based on that idea that like if you murder somebody, you're going to also die. Like, I think that, and I don't know the statistics on this, but if the difference is... There might be a difference between places like the United States that have 25 to life versus the death penalty and places where drugs are a misdemeanor versus the death penalty, right? Like as a foreigner, if you're like, I'm going to get a slap on the wrist wrist for marijuana possession, you might take that risk versus the death penalty for having marijuana. People might operate differently, but... When it's, well, they've also tried. They've, I mean, I guess this is something that's been tried in some way. Like they outlawed alcohol completely back in the day, and then it just turned into a underground like criminal ring. You know, you but, know what's actually interesting. Yeah. Um, in right outside of the town where my uh, parents have a place in Nova Scotia, there's this big, awesome old captain's house. Beautiful place. You know, very very old. And uh, it was Al Capone's place. Bro, that guy had houses everywhere. He had a place. Remember, we went. Out, I don't know. Oh, wait, I don't know if we went there together, but I went there once on a boat. He had like a, there was like a uh, uh, spot here in Miami, out in the bay, like deep in Biscayne Bay. Oh yeah, bay. I think you pointed it out. Yeah, it was like a place time. where they used to traffic booze. Yeah. yeah, I love going on the boat with you because for some reason you know where every house you go by you're like that was this guy's house until i don't know how you how do you know all this i don't know i just picked it up random it's like useless knowledge sitting around my brain (laughs) yeah it's good there's just there's cool shit here yeah Yeah, it's it's been uh there's there's been a lot of history here you know this is a weird weird place yeah i mean it went from in one in like a couple short years it went from being a place where guys used to chase down stoners on the boardwalk to a place where there were shootouts in the street between cartels and crazy stuff yeah, and man, all the, the way 80s. up to you know what miami is today and it's a stark contrast for sure buttoned up place uh let's switch gears i wanted to talk about ufc we could jump in that because oh, it was uh I, did you watch the whole card i sure did and guess what I went five for five on my predictions. Damn, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did, but this was the probably the craziest card I've seen in a long time. Okay, let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Yeah. Uh, go down a little bit there, because Ferguson, and they weren't the first one. Yeah, Kevin Holland. Dude, I was, I was happy for Kevin Holland, and I also like his uh, perspective. I don't know if you saw the interview he did. Um, yeah, he was very, like, cool in defeat or in uh, in victory you know well not that he he's always like pretty cool around all that stuff like i've i've never heard him say anything wild that i like totally disagree with 
not to say that he hasn't said anything. I just haven't heard it. But um, I think he was talking. He he was actually talking about his opponent, and um, just came off like a two year. uh, He was injured. He was out for two years. He had something. It was I can't remember the exact number, but it was something like nine spinal taps. Yeah, like. Craziest, crazy uh, recovery that he had to go through to get back to fighting shape. There's something to be said about the heart and dedication and and all that stuff to come back. But Holland after, and I think this can be applied to Tony Ferguson as well, but he was saying like, you know, you really have to be in your star player mode to compete at a high level in the UFC. And he was basically saying, I'm, he's lucky that I submitted him, you know, because there are guys that won't do that who will just beat your head in for three rounds, you know, or knock you out or, you know, do some things that are really could potentially cause some long-term legacy issues for you mentally. And if you're not in peak, peak condition, you probably shouldn't be. His submission was amazing. That was, I I forgot what, I forgot how he did it. Was it a guillotine or was it a head triangle? Uh, tr- uh, I think it was. Uh, Fuck! I'm gonna get. No, it was a different. It, I'm gonna get fucking skewered for this. I don't remember what it was. I'm exactly. not. Maybe you can look it up, George. I'm not a jujitsu expert, but he. Uh, I'm not an expert in martial arts by any means in anything. But what was it? I am a. What What was the choke? Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. We talk a lot on this podcast about TRT, all of the things involving exogenous hormones. And because of that, we get a lot of questions about it. And we are not experts in this sense. If you want to speak to real experts, because we don't feel comfortable giving any sort of opinion on this, speak to Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. These guys are the best. They're legitimate doctors. They're not going to push any BS on you. They're going to do a legitimate consult and tell you if you're a good candidate or not. All of the links to this are in the show notes as well as their Instagram handle. Check them out and I promise you're going to have the best service possible in this space. Here, that first if one. You, uh, if you look Click at, on the first If you one. look at his wiki, it'll say it. But There's the video right there. Up, 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 up. Oh, is it Dars? Oh, Dars choke. Okay. Oh. Um, all right, yeah. See, I, I don't even... But he was... And he also... He was talking about all these guys that are never going to be champions who are constantly um, trying to get the most difficult fights they can because they're trying to work their way up to the championship. And he had a really realistic view. He was like, dude, there's a lot of you guys who are never going to... You just... You're not going to do it, you know? And a lot of analysts can look at these guys and and tell, right? If you've been in the game for a long time, you can be like, this guy has potential to be a champion or he doesn't. And he was like, if you're not one of those guys, buy some chains, <laughs> get some property, you know, do what you can, fight for money, choose the fights that, you know, favor you, that mm-hmm. are going to pay you well and, and treat this like a career realistically yeah. instead of just trying to fast track your way to these like top five guys where you're going to get your ass kicked and you know that's it's interesting to hear because a lot of guys they they feel like they need to have this confidence like if i don't think i'm going to be world champion then i have no business in the ufc right like i need to think i'm the best fighter in the world in order to perform my best because if you don't think you're the best then how are you gonna go out there confidently every night and i i understand how people think that way but for him he was like if you just choose smart fights 
and you think like you know you're equipped to win this particular fight you can go out there with that same confidence make your money you know i think he made 400 grand or something off that fight you know and uh you know that's that's a lot of money and you don't need that many of those fights to if you're you make make a great name for yourself i mean you might not get the title shot but like but you, you'll you be know. a top contender. You'll be on a bunch of pay-per-view cards. You have ten. You have ten fights in the UFC, and you're making four hundred grand a pop. And you're, you're smart. And you're with spending that. your money wisely, mm-hmm. and you're investing intelligently. Yeah, you'll be set your whole life. You're you're good. You're good for life. And if that's the uh, approach he's taking, then I think that's great. I think I had Kevin Holland down. I think I said Kevin Holland to win yeah. that fight, and I also th- I think I called the next one too. And I think this one made me sad. Well, Ferguson I mean, listen, Green. man, it's I I. I remember distinctly saying, like, for Tony Ferguson's sake, I hope he wins this, but it does not look like because he was on a six-fight losing streak. Bobby Green's a fast, aggressive fighter, and that fight kind of went, you know, it didn't go as bad as I thought, but it also just didn't work out the way that it gave him any shot going forward. I you know just, from the second that Tony Ferguson walked out, and I just saw the way that he looked. I already was, it was depressing. Like, I, he looked not confident. He looked very, uh, like, his. he had way less muscle mass than yeah, we've he's, seen. He's 39 now, you know, as far as top fighting shape goes, somebody who's a natural athlete, like. You know, I watched a documentary oof. on him, and his CTE is so bad he you know he has these violent episodes he's super paranoid he thinks people are trying to break into his house all the time and they're not he he had a couple uh you know like almost like ptsd kind of um interactions with his wife it led to his wife leaving him it, it was like you know this is this is a guy that you know he's dedicated his life to the sport and was a very successful uh fighter for a number of years and you know some sometimes when you you get beat up real bad it changes these guys for forever i think he's past that point yeah so to see him keep coming in and and this stuff you could tell in the fight he, he was not aggressive he wasn't making the advances he needed to and like bobby green has a weird fight stance so whenever you watch him his hands are down he can kind of hit from really strange angles and i mean just frankly he just wasn't he was not a great opponent in the match now like on paper he might have been but as far as the actual fight goes you know that that was tough for him and also bobby green is by all accounts a lunatic like he is a he is a just dangerous person not just like as a fighter (laughs) like he's (laughs) i think he's got a a decent rap sheet to him he's got a bunch of skull bangers he's you know changed his name to just king King. King. like this guy charismatic as hell for sure he's so fun to watch talk and to follow and stuff but like that's a crazy guy and you put him up against 39 year old tony ferguson who has advanced cte who's on this wild losing streak it's like but he doesn't really i mean i can't imagine ferguson as a path forward and fighting be a coach man you know i know but i i hope for his sake he keeps his legacy intact and just dude just 
mean, if you look at his record, 26 and nine, so and seven of those losses in a row. Yeah, but now it's seven. Seven of those losses are his last seven fights. That's what I mean. Like, I just wish he hung it up before, I you know? know? There was a point in time when people were like, this is the guy that's going to beat Khabib. And I'll, it was like a 50-50 split. And people were wow. like, Tony, for Khabib doesn't have the answer for him. This is going to be the guy, you know? Half of the people didn't think that and half did. But, it's but now like, he's just a gatekeeper for like, or was. But he, I think, he's, I don't think I don't, he's, he's not even a gatekeeper. Not he's, anymore. He's a guy that... You know, you watch that fight and he has moments of like the old Tony Ferguson where you're like, oh, like he yeah. just landed a great combo or he did this or that. And you're like, we also took an enormous amount of shots, just direct, just fucking just ate them and ate them and ate them and mm -hmm. ate them. And it's like, you're not going to survive till the end. You know what I did think was cool? I didn't know this. And then a friend of mine told this. Mm -hmm. Did you see when he was getting tapped out and he oh, started he kicking, kicking, kicking yeah. his leg? Yeah, he was do you know, twitching around. No, no. But you know why he did that? No because he knew he was going out and he was trying to send blood flow to his brain oh wow it's a it's a way to try to stay conscious if you're just trying to make it to the end of the round man but he like he didn't even tap yeah look how close he was six seconds to the end of the round so he yeah, was just like trying decision. to make it and then he was out well the next fight actually gave gave some hope oh. uh we got to see an in shape i guess an in shape Derek lewis oh yeah i mean best shape we've ever seen him in in the ufc i mean he sure. weighed in like looking good and i'm i this was like a, a, a card of flashback uh knockouts like the fucking the the flying knee off the jump i mean had the only time i've ever seen that was the Masvidal. famous mouse vidal ben Askren fight i mean i honestly you know it was crazy i fell asleep and i woke up the second that fight started and i woke up and it was just <laughs> Derek lewis running across the octagon i'm like what is going on he just need this massive man in the head and just started wailing on him and i mean Derek lewis was also on a gnarly losing streak mm -hmm. i mean arguably against some of the best fighters in the ufc he lost to sure. Gone, and i think he lost to Ngannou at some point but Wild that he has a worse record than uh, Tony Ferguson. But man, that it kind of gave me some hope that Derek Lewis, you know, if he kind of gets in shape, because he said in the post-fight interview, this is the first camp he'd ever followed a diet, and he'd actually trained really hard. And it was evident, huh? It was evident. Oh yeah, yeah. He you looked know, he, good. He looked athletic. I mean, just to be able to to, to land a initial flying knee he said he didn't even plan it he just said like i just did what i felt like doing. yeah, yeah. I, no what do you say i just threw some shit and yeah, to see like, the, you just you didn't even plan on that and you just basically got a knockout just by instinct i initially thought that knee got blocked but when they played the replay it oh, no. connected it did not, it did not that was wild good for you derek i did i think I don't remember my my call on that, but I think I was again hopeful that my heart wanted Derek Lewis to win, and dude, he did God the, bless he him. did the old school. Oh, dude, my balls was in high. his, in his underwear. Thing. Took his he pants did everything. Off. He did the whole man. You mad? You see what he said in the post fight interview? He said about his wife. He's like, I'm gonna bust them guts up. When oh, I get, get ready, girl. Oh my, <laughs> like, oh, oh my, my God. God, Derek. How? I, Nobody he, wants to think about. He that. is somehow like can be so vulgar and yet so wholesome at the same time. I think it's just because he's such a like he's so simple he's a big happy man he's very scary dangerous happy man <laughs> yeah but just like doesn't take himself too seriously yeah. and you know he's still he's relatable but he's got a great character he know he's smart enough to know that that whole post victory shtick he pulled was mm -hmm. gonna go viral on the internet oh yeah yeah 
He took him off. He undoes this yeah. thing. And you just saw Joe Rogan just like couldn't keep it together. He was just cracking up. I love that. I love and that. the next fight, man, this was honestly such a big fight for the light heavyweight division and for Pajero himself. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you think? Because I, I mean, I was so nervous the whole fight because it just started off just mm-hmm. such a fucking barn buster for Pajero. Like, to get taken down so quickly. I would have liked to see this fight if Jan was younger because he's also yeah. he was the second oldest guy on the card. Wonderboy didn't fight. Yeah. But he was he's only three months younger than Wonderboy, who's like 41 or 40. Yeah, Jan's and 40. So it's, you know, he's he's old for the sport. And a lot of people call this a boring fight, but I just thought it was a really interesting clash of different boring. styles. Well, yeah, you have a world champion kickboxer and you have a a black belt in jiu-jitsu who's also a good light, striker uh, yeah just a scary polish man mm-hmm. and th- there was actually an interesting point in the fight too where i thought Pereira might have pulled that same thing that uh who was it uh was it it the john jones did on leota machida where he did the standing guillotine. oh yeah and then i was like oh my god he might be out and then yawn just is like giving the thumbs up to the rep he's like no no i'm good i'm good i'm good you mean, oh you mean pahara yeah, well, Pereira was was choking. Oh out. Yeah, yeah, and then Jan. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have it. He didn't up. have it in. But it was it was pretty interesting because you know you think about the last few fights, and I mean you can't really go back and necessarily look at Pereira's kickboxing resume to to, to tell you how this one went. But mm-hmm. this was not a fight that he could win on his feet because you, you could tell he was much smarter about it. He wasn't. Every there was one point, I think it was like the second or third round where he was getting real close to him and he was starting to unload. But he, I think you could tell he realized that this is a dangerous place to be. You're not fighting the same guys you used to, you're fighting a, a light heavyweight mm-hmm. contender who's a scary, scary dude. Can take some damage, take some damage. You're not just gonna beat him up like you did Izzy mm-hmm. or anybody else in the past. So he was, he was real close to him on the fence and he was starting to unload with them punches and he remained cautious because i think he knew from the last fight like even a guy like izzy one one good punch is gonna put you down mm-hmm. so he was smart he played it a little bit more defensively but did enough to secure the victory obviously but he it, i think it was cool to watch him defend the ground game so well he did do a great job i mean you, you saw when he in that first round that was very close i mean blockowitz was so close to getting that choke so many times. Sabahara was doing a really good job controlling his arms. He was doing a really good job keeping himself, you know, out of danger. He did a great job getting up a couple times. And Blackowitz kind of gassed out in the second round. He didn't have that same takedown tired, power. Yeah. Whether that was the altitude or not, who knows? But well, he's kind of – Pereira's been kind of thrown into like a trial by fire, right? Because yeah. he was fast-tracked. You know, he fought Strickland – that was a test, but Strickland tried to stand with him, and obviously that's not a yeah, smart move. And then his next fight was almost a kickboxing match with Izzy, you know? So yeah. he, he hasn't really been tested on other skills that much. So this was a big, big test, and I think that, you know, he's had to learn as he, as he goes and get as much education in the other areas as he possibly can in a short window. Yeah. And just to be able to do that, after having a career that's so specific in another combat sport is pretty impressive. Well, dude, now think about it, right? There's only one fight for him next. Who? Jerry. 
Who? Yuri Prohaska. Oh, yeah. And now he's yeah, healthy. Yeah. His shoulders, he said he's healed up. He's getting ready to start training again. So, I mean, that's the only person he, he, he has potential fight. to have a belt in two categories if he does that, right? Because he said he wants to do that. And then he has unfinished business right. going back down. He wants. He said he wants to take the fight. He doesn't want Izzy to come up. He wants to go back down. He said we're one and one at that weight class. So, that's the weight I class I want to have the third at. That... I mean, do you imagine? It's pretty gangster. I mean, because Zita can't fight Jamal. Actually, the fight with Jamal Hill would be really good because they've got not the same style. And I don't, I don't, you know, Jamal Hill wasn't like you haven't, I haven't seen a ton of his fights, but I know that that would be. He, a he good throws match. bombs though. I know, and so is Yuri. Yeah, Yuri's a good fighter, and Yuri's super unorthodox and like a weird fighter. Too. So he's probably going to have to fight him for that vacant title now, since Jamal. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're planning out. that. I think oh, UFC yeah. 294 this year. Yeah, man, he's just gonna keep fighting and fighting and fighting. <laughs> just him, staring man. at his photos, terrifying. I've never seen him smile. <laughs> I saw, uh, I saw him a little bit, but all right. Anyways, moving on. Good for you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he won because now we get to we get that 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 fucking mm-hmm. insane story continues. With, he's such within... a, He's also such an interesting guy because. He's almost like a heel, but he's not. Like no, he's he's not a dickhead. He just looks like, a, he, like the he's the, a, he's the a mode. bad guy without being a heel. Yeah, like, he just doesn't he's do like anything the, bad. He's, he's just, like the evil villain, but you yeah. like him. Izzy's more of an evil villain than him. Yeah, he's I mean, more of a heel because he's kind of a dick. Yeah, he's kind of like a weird, kind of rude, weird dickhead. Kind and now of. he's in this whole racial debate thing with about who's the real African. Oh, I can't wait for that fight, man. I cannot yeah, wait. I, I would love, I can't wait to see if they actually put Strickland on that fight against him in a couple months. If that comes true, it will be I want to see Strickland fight Izzy so bad. Oh, so it's going to be so funny. Dude, I mean, he can't be canceled. He's uncancelable just because he doesn't care. Yeah. He's in the only sport where you can't be canceled for saying just Insane completely off-color stuff. Yeah. So it's like I kind of want to see him. Oh, dude, let it fly. I want to see him just. You know, he he doesn't care who he fights. I think he's just the kind of guy that he's just wants to go out and take whatever opponent he can get because it's just platform for him to be himself. Oh yeah, I mean, he's. Did you see that? He had an interview with Brendan Schaub where he was saying kids need to get hit more in the United <laughs> States, and then he yeah. was like. But not just like, oh, you didn't take the trash out, you get yeah, hit. Yeah. You need like an alcoholic dad rage beating oh so that God. you can not be a pussy. And then did you see Shab's response? He goes, uh, well, there might be some experts who have some questions about that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you seem to know what you're doing. I think the one he did, I listened to his whole podcast with Joe Rogan and like his whole upbringing, you know, you hear about that. You kind of hear about his background. He kind of grew up as... I don't know if he was like expressly a neo-Nazi, but he was like right there. He's progressive for for how he grew up. Yeah, he overcame a lot. Let's just say that. Yeah. And the last fight, geez, uh, this was like a, I mean, it was a toss up until that kick, right? Because this, this fight could have gone anywhere if Gaethje didn't land that. I was, happy. I was happy to see Gaethje uh, pull through. He looked so much better. He yeah. looked like a scary good fighter now. I think what he, I think what I like about him too is I think he, he gives an accurate assessment of himself. Like he's pretty self-aware. Mm-hmm. And when they said what's the difference now, he's like, uh, all I used to kn- to know was like to come into the f- a fight and basically like cause a car crash. Like, yeah, we're both gonna leave really hurt, and it's kind of like whoever gets caught is done. And he's like, I've 
learn to be a little bit like pick my spots and be a little bit more reserved yeah. and not just go crazy and well, he was moving know. real well i think his shots were a lot cleaner like he well, he wouldn't stand and i didn't see him stand to try and just trade blows with poye this yeah, time he was, he was smart and still was hitting hard as hell and uh interesting what's with this head kick in utah thing there's, so there's one on the undercard freak same place that leon edwards did it to kamaru usman and then he actually did the same setup where he threw, he threw that the right, right hand, hand yep. followed by the kick and it, it I, resulted I even, the exact same way i don't know if he even planned it yeah i don't know is there a an interview of that oh yeah if you want to see the comparison if they have a side by side that'd be awesome well, uh, Leon did it with the left, but it was the same combo. Just yeah, like opposite just, side. just southpaw versus uh, orthodox. But wow. Same thing, man. But, you know, I probably wouldn't have expected him to throw such an accurate head kick before. Because, yeah, no. I just you think about Gaethje, you're like, he's a guy that's going to stand and just trade Scrapper. shots with you on, well, on his feet. Even if you look at the two, like Leon Edwards looks like a guy from a Kung Fu poster. Mm-hmm. And Gaethje looks a little bit more awkward throwing that kick. But the end result is the same. So well, yeah, like you could even tell, like they're kind of the hips don't, his hips are not moving the same. But you, another angle, if you look at the picture on the bottom left, I mean, beautifully thrown kick. There's a good comparison. I just saw there was a good photo down there. Yeah, damn, dude. What I mean, that's such an athletic way to knock somebody out. <laughs> if you want to think about it like Head that, kick. yeah, oh yeah. Well, just the time. Think about the timing involved, right? Like you just you're. It's such a quick throw followed by like an immediate kick that's just timed so perfectly i mean yeah i can't imagine using my foot to hit, <laughs> to hit somebody's head yeah <laughs> like that's such a foreign concept but then think about where this leaves the lightweight division now so like who's who's left for people just engage uh, you to rankings? fight you know what is he going to go back and fight the winner of uh Oliveira and Makachev, assuming... I think that's what he's lined up for. The only thing that can happen is the winner of that Makachev-Oliveira fight is going to face Justin Gaethje. I mean, fuck, who knows how that goes. Yeah. I'm really nervous about the uh, the rematch there. Which one? Oliveira and uh, yeah, Makachev? Because my heart, I want Oliveira to win that t- that belt back so bad. I, mm. you know, not that I dislike Makachev, I just don't care for him. And obviously, he's a good fighter. Can't argue with that. But I don't, I don't want to see him keep that belt. The guy's just not likable to me. Scroll down on that list. I want to see. Oh, RDA still in the top ten. That's that. the cool. ranking. The 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 top five has already fought each other. There's nothing. There's nobody there to fight one another anymore. Yeah, you know. This, I love Dan Hooker, by the way. His last fight was incredible. Yeah, he really awesome. uh, showed that he still has a place there. Cool for RDA, still in the the top ten. I'd like to see him, dude. RDA and Michael Chandler would be a cool fight. Not nah, bro. He's got to fight Conor. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, right. That's not happening. But they. So now. This is another topic, but 
you know he the, originally he he didn't make the deadline to fight it this year but now they're saying he might fight in december but i think the but UFC not against will, chandler they'll I, do whatever he wants i, I think, think the ufc is going to do whatever they want yeah well they're allowed they're literally allowed to give a pass yeah that's like written in their little agreement i mean when you when you think of I think they're going to probably make the announcement at some point this year. There's no way they're going to let him just fade off into the distance like the mm -hmm. media thinks that they will. But imagine the pay-per-views that's going to do. Conor McGregor's return. What do you think about, you know how people say strength, like they'll make an argument, strength ha doesn't have much to do with um, your ability to fight. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Gaethje just said he wouldn't fight Conor because he doesn't want to fight a guy who's on steroids because it's cheating, whatever which I think is fair. But it is interesting the two like to contrast those two ideas. If, you know, for example, I imagine if I got in a fight with Devin Haney, he'd kick my ass. If I got in a fight with anyone 35 pound superstar fighter, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do great. Doesn't matter their weight too tight, right. right? Doesn't matter how strong I am, right? But does that change when both of the guys are very good fighters and then one guy is stronger? Or does strength have nothing to do with it at all? I mean, I guess in this context, in the Conor McGregor context, I don't know because there's so many other variables there. Now, if you were to take, now let's say you took uh, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje, mm -hmm. put Charles Oliveira on steroids, just mm -hmm. enough, you know, like whatever, whatever would be a i don't even know what you would give a fighter but mm -hmm. just give him some tests you know bulk him up a little bit and he still made weight be scary imagine you gave justin gaethje a little bit of testosterone put him back in the ring with charles Oliveira. man that would be scary i'll tell you where i think it makes a difference if your strength is wrestling like just imagine two wrestlers right mm. that is a very strength oriented sport yeah. technique is obviously a huge part of it but your ability to manhandle another man oh yeah in a grappling match is there like there could be some aggression factors a, there a difference. Like you, could, you could just be a little bit more aggressive and that can help strength and explosiveness i mean there's a reason why all the jujitsu guys take gear well yeah i mean you can hear gordon ryan talk about that pretty publicly now i mean same with other guys like you know cyborg talks about it pretty publicly even even the guys that deny it like nicky rod or you know it's like you see their comparison photos from a couple of years ago versus now and you're like you're roasting Gordon Ryan for being on gear, but then mm -hmm. these two pictures don't make sense. I think in that context, when you have two guys that are equal skill set, equal athleticism, and you give one like a, a big advantage by giving them drugs. Sure. I think that, especially in this context, because there's so much at stake, your health's at stake, your life is at stake in there. Yeah, I think definitely. it does make a big difference. I think also something that people don't account for Right. When you, you think about someone taking steroids and you think about the big head kick or the big punch or the way they can throw somebody across the ring. But I think the the more important factor is actually the whole training camp leading up to that. If somebody is on gear for a, an entire training camp for somebody who's not, mm. you're recovering better. You can train harder. You can train more frequently. You can train longer. You know, if you're you know, if, if you're a guy that's on gear that can put, you know, a thousand hours into your camp versus a guy mm. who's natural who can only put in 600 hours like that's a 
it's a big difference if you're being able to recover and come in. You know, I guess the other thing I would say with McGregor context is you just don't know what that injury has done to him. And maybe mm-hmm. there's an argument to be made that it's just helped him recover. But also, but he's got he a now has a steel bar in his leg, and he's allowed to kick people in the head with that now. But this, I don't know, I'd be a little nervous throwing kicks if I had just broken my ankle so fucking horribly like he had. Like, there's got to yeah. be, there's got to be some, like, little bit of hesitation. Maybe in the other leg, but if you know that you have a steel pole there. Yeah, I don't know. You know, just... like, I feel like that's, that's helpful. We're going to see. <laughs> we'll we can, see. We yeah. can pontificate all we want, but we're going to see that fight happen. I well, think. that's the fun of the whole thing, right? Right. Is just, like throwing your opinions out there and yeah. seeing, seeing how Not like if out. you were to take two guys in their prime like Gaethje and Oliveira or Makachev and Oliveira or Makachev and Gaethje and you put one of them on drugs like I'd probably bet on the guy that was on drugs yeah in that all context, else equal yeah all in that equal. context like oh Jesus Christ that's scary yeah so I, I yeah I do think that's a fair statement then given that you know by Gaethje yeah no I listen because for him he's fought if he's truly clean like they all claim they are they pass all the drug tests we have to assume that's the case mm-hmm. look i mean i do think I wouldn't wa- would wreck mcgregor though oh, for sure he doesn't have the chin to fight no Gaethje. no 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 he's a he's a killer yeah I mean, look what he just did to poye poye has beat him twice now and mm-hmm. yeah he's a scary dude i really want mcgregor to to do well like i really do i root for the guy even though he's like a uh, well, he's a turned superstar, into a heel. man but it's like you want that hype to live on so you can buy into it. Like yeah. you want to win. It's like a Brock Lesnar, even though he was so obnoxious and rude and all that stuff. It's like you either tuned into because you like the character, you want to yeah. see him win, or you tuned in because you hate him. And I'm not like fixated on their fight form. I don't know things that well. I want to watch this for fun. Like I, I want to watch, oh, yeah. you know, fucking I want to see I want to see Derek Lewis run across the ring in the <laughs> octagon and, and knee somebody in the head. You know, you want to see these fights where you can't predict mm-hmm. what's going to happen. You know, you want to see something that is just so outlandish that it keeps you tuning into the sport. I want to stay engaged. Like I don't watch football. I don't watch anything else. So my thing now is, you know, for the last five years getting to watch UFC, like I want it to be interesting. Like I don't want it to be some boring, like, you know, I, everybody's got to be respectful and follow the rules. Like, you know what? Like I'm here to have fun. I'm here to <laughs> watch the sport and watch dudes do something that to me is just, so unbelievable that it keeps me tuning in to every event yeah i think anything goes before the fight after the fight is the time for sportsmanship but you're playing a game before that of getting into someone's head like anything you can do to throw Mm -hmm. them off and uh i can't remember who it was henry suda uh mike tyson and somebody else they're all on a podcast and they're talking about um someone asked uh mike tyson you know do you think connor went too far talking about religion talking about his dad whatever and mike tyson was like no like in the fight game you can say whatever you want like that's the whole point you're going in there to like go to war against another person like anything you can say to piss them off or throw them off or you know gain an advantage that's that's what you that's what you should do. That's your livelihood. Yeah, you're trying it's to win. You're it. trying to make yeah. money. Having that whole to... fake nice attitudes only going to oh, get you 100%. so far. A hundred percent. Do we? How long have we gone on this one? Like almost an hour now. 
I almost want to save this for the next one. What do you think? I think we just start here next time. All right. We, Friday, went, we went long on this one. So I think we'll call it here. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, yeah, we're back. We're back. We're back See in you business. Guys next week on another uh, uh, recap. We, we missed a lot of topics we were supposed to do today. So we'll cover that. We got carried away. Next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> UFC is exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, dude, and also uh nate diaz versus jake paul this weekend oh it is it is yeah oh, god and uh, i i want to let's just recap it i, I get oh yeah, we won't, we'll it won't be on next week's episode but yeah the one after but yeah. i i'm gonna people are asking me if i'm gonna buy the pay-per-view and i'm like i will because i want nate diaz to get the pay-per-view points on this one you know huh? so no but the, the fights this weekend the fights on, oh on yeah no no but yeah yeah well we'll have to review it later we'll do it on the next yeah one. yeah um but yeah thank you guys appreciate you listening as always make sure to check us out at hyperstrengthcoach.com we've got every program from olympic weightlifting powerlifting strongman to general fitness crossfit everything in between you can try seven days free just by clicking the seven day free option at checkout so do that if you want to look your best feel your best be the strongest you can be we're uh the one-stop shop for all that stuff and we will see you guys in the next episode